Hello. Before we started today's episode, I just wanted to say a few quick words regarding the contents of said episode. During certain encounters, such as the bar encounter and various other places throughout the episode, we forgot to say the numbers that we rolled. The reason for this is very simple. We are stupid. I hope this does not detract from your enjoyment of this podcast, and we will do our best in the future to actually narrate the actual play aspect of an actual play podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns regarding today's episode, please send us an email at phantasmaltreasure at gmail.com or reach out to our Facebook page. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Phantasmal Treasure podcast, brand new actual play of the Ages of Edgewatch Adventure Path. So before we begin, let's just go ahead and do who, what, when, where, and why uh, we're doing this. So for who, uh, I will start, as I am the one that you're going to be listening to the most. Our name, our pronouns, how long we've been playing, uh, and like the name of your character. My name is Rose Brown. My pronouns are she, her. I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition for about five-ish years, and I've been really interested in Pathfinder 2nd edition since release. But this is my first time uh, playing a pre-written campaign, and hopefully my first time playing a campaign that doesn't quit after three levels. I will be playing all of the NPCs, both uh, hostile and friendly, that the characters will encounter. If you don't know what that means, an NPC means it's a non-player character. Ren, you're next on the list. Hi, my name's Ren, and I use they/them pronouns. I've been playing D and D for like a year, I think. About two, I'd say. Two years, and I will be playing Caritas Trevita. Alrighty, alrighty. Uh, Amber. Hi, I'm Amber. Um, I go. I've used she/her pronouns, and I've been playing for I think a year now. I would say. Since you've had like three sessions, so it's like yeah, eh. yeah. I think like, there was a little bit of Starfinder in there. Yeah, like the amount of time I've been playing is like a year, but I've only done like three campaigns, yeah. Um, and then the reason I'm doing this is because A, Rose, and B, I will we'll, D&D. So. We'll get into that in a second. Oh, okay. We're doing the who's first. Uh, but that's a good thing to add, though. Yeah. I should clarify what Eva means by she's been in three campaigns is I've started three campaigns that all fell apart for various reasons. It's not that she's played three campaigns in the first year of her yeah. Because as everyone who's played these games would know, three campaigns means you're either playing nonstop or you beat it out after a level or two. Yeah. Finally, oh. Tony. Why, why the O? Sorry. Uh, sorry. I also play uh, Aliara in this campaign. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony. <laughs> um, hi. I use D or Tony as my name. I They, them, she, her, he, him. I take all the pronouns. Um, They're all mine. You're a dragon. Exactly. I've been playing D&D for, I don't know, this is my third campaign doing it, so maybe two years? One year? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think Ren and Tony, I think that campaign started in our sophomore year. Yeah. Not sophomore, our junior, uh, me and Ren's junior year. I was sophomore. No. Yeah, you, you were a freshman. Freshman, freshman. Little baby. Oh, yeah. Um, ages. Uh, me and Ren are 19, I believe. Ren, uh, Amber is 18. And Tony is 17 or 16? 17. Yeah, we all like knew each other in high school. Or at least I knew everyone here in high school. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hope I knew you guys in high school. We kind of all did theater together. <laughs> Except yeah. for me. Uh, 
Well, I was. That's not important. We'll talk about that later if we want. <laughs> uh, um, next, Sara. I almost forgot about your character, as I'm sure it will happen many times. <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely. I'm chilling. Sorry, that was kind of mean. Uh, so, what is this? This, as already stated before, is an actual play of the Agents of Edgewatch Adventure Path. An actual play means that this is us actually playing the Adventure Path. The an Adventure Path is a series of books, in this case, six books, uh, released by Paizo Publishing, the wonderful minds behind Pathfinder, Starfinder, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, a lot of other Pathfinder things, like Pathfinder role-playing game, Pathfinder Kingmaker, that was Alcat. A lot of stuff. This is the second edition of that game. If you don't know what Pathfinder is, uh, A, thanks for tuning in. I, I'm glad I'm your first experience. B, it's basically Dungeons & Dragons, but in my opinion, better. Obviously, Evan has their own opinion, but I personally much prefer Pathfinder 1st Edition and 2nd Edition to Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, although I haven't played any editions of Dungeons & Dragons besides 5th. The Agents of Edgewatch Adventure Path takes place in the city of Absalon, which is the city at the center of the world. The Agents of Edgewatch Adventure Path has a bit of a controversial theme in that the players A-cab. are going to be playing... Yeah, uh, ACAV. Uh, yeah. All cops are... And that word is going to be censored. I'm not trying to excuse the actions, and I don't think any of us are trying to excuse the actions, of police brutality in the modern day or the racist origins of police. So what we're doing is we're trying to play it and adjust a little bit of the um, aspects of it that are that are a little bit iffy. For the most part, they did a really good job about like saying like it, you literally cannot do non-lethal damage or if you kill someone in the slammer immediately and whatnot. But like at the same time, that's not all police brutality is. Well, that's what police brutality. That's not all police corruption is. And we might explore upon that. Maybe, probably not, because this is a game and we're here to have fun. When? Well, the when doesn't really matter. We're recording this in 2020. I just had who, what, when, where, why, because why not? The in-universe time is, for us, the 30th of Erastus, a 47 AR. A 4720 AR, my apologies. Erastus is the Galarian analog of July. The reason I chose this date is because the book itself, the first book, Devil at the Dreaming Palace, came out on July 30th. AR means Absalom Reckoning, which is the standard unit of measuring time i'm sure none of my players know what this means because they're all fairly new to this world i don't think any of them have actually ever played in galarian um yeah that's valid uh tony is eating and so i will be cutting out a lot of the mic stuff if (laughs) it becomes a problem uh in in post obviously uh because i haven't had a chance please don't uh uh, where as mentioned previously this is located on the uh in the city of absalon on the isle of kordos in the inner sea region within the inner sea itself. Basically, fantasy uh, metropolis. That's the simplest way of putting it. Uh, why? Well, um, everyone else is here because they thought it would be fun, I think. Uh, hopefully they haven't, they're going to have fun. Uh, and also at my request, and I'm fairly certain Amber was also fairly interested at joining a podcast. This is mainly because I've always wanted to do a podcast, and these three idiots were agreeable to letting me do a poor job of GMing for one to three years. Yeah. Dang, dang. <laughs> you can't see it, but like everyone has threw a peace sign except for Tony who's eating. I consented nothing. Help me. I'm trapped in your basement. Ignore that. <laughs> so uh, we've introduced yourselves, but why don't you guys tell us a little bit about 
the physical description or a basic personality element of your character. Who wants to start? I can I'll go start. first. Oh. Oh. Tony, Amber, figure it out. Draw, uh, draw swords, stab each other until one of you... Okay. <laughs> I'll just Amber, you're first. Yeah. So, um, I play Aliara, and Aliara uses either she, her, or they, them pronouns. They don't really care which one you use. Um, Aliara, like, personality-wise, when you first meet them, I would say a little mysterious, a little quiet, but once you, like, get to know them more, they're actually very charismatic, um, and they're really good at, like, de-escalating situations. Um, I then- literally thought you were about to say they're really good at DMing, and I was like, is there a Starfinder <laughs> in this universe? <laughs> you were like, wait a minute, <laughs> hold on. I was like, wait a minute, are you, are you taking this from me? <laughs> Am I playing a character? I'm fine with that, but... <laughs> Um, and then appearance-wise, Aliara is kind of like Tigress from Kung Fu Panda, but in clothes that, like, obviously match this universe, and I would honestly think, like, more muscle build and a little more, like, beard action, I think. Uh, if our listeners would uh, kindly direct themselves to uh, Archives of Nether's second edition and click on the Rare Tiger, that is the art we are currently using for Aliara while we wait for our commissions to be done, done not done. It is uh pretty pretty bad, and then that's also going to be censored. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, uh, Tony, you volunteered and got tied. Uh, let's do this. So, um, I play Tessara, who is like a, a leaf, leaf fleshy. Yeah, it's a leaf. It's like a bush. Just... You're a bush man. <laughs> I am a bush. <laughs> but um, I don't know how to describe it. I'm a leaf. I'm a bunch of like branches and twigs and leaves and all that fun stuff taking over for a second basically uh, a a leshy (laughs) is an animate force of nature uh, of sorts if you're familiar from with androids from starfinder they're kind of like that but nature-based uh basically a leshy soul is called into a body and the body that tesara is currently in is a leaf leshy which is basically a bushman um yeah if you just look up Leaf Leshy, you'll find art. The one that we're using currently is the art from the character guide, I believe, of Leaf Leshy. I would Google uh, Leaf Leshy, Lost Omen's character guide, and that would bring you to the Leaf Leshy art that we're using for Tessara. Obviously, this is not ex- the exact splitting image, but yeah. Well, personality-wise, what is um, Tessara like? Tessara also, like, little thing. Same thing as me. They just take all the pronouns. They're all theirs. They trademarked everything. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Copywritten. Um, <laughs> they're kind of naive. Like, they don't get a lot of stuff. Like, they they can understand it. They just might not get it. So they're kind of like, they seem dry in humor almost. Like, they might not find certain things funny. Or they might not just get it. Tessara also has an animal companion. In this case, it's not actually an animal. It is a writing drake, which came out in the advanced... Dragon. Uh, yep, which came out in the advanced player's guide. Her name is Ithy. She's green, and I uh, allowed Tony to use poison damage instead of fire damage because green Drake. So that leaves just Ren. Ren, what character are you playing? I am playing Karatosh Traviti. He uses he, him pronouns. He is a kobold and basically tiny dragon man, tiny lizard. He wears Victorian kind of style dresses because he's emo. Just imagine the emo aesthetic. He is a dark purpley black with darker scales. He has glowy scales. Also, uh, of note, 
Ren's character, Koritas, also has a uh, companion of sorts. We are utilizing the Secrets of Magic playtest that came out early September of 2020, uh, if you didn't catch that. Uh, Ren's character is a summoner. Uh, of that note, uh, Tony's character is a druid, and uh, Amber's character is a bard. As a summoner, Ren's character gets an Eidolon, which is basically a really fancy animal companion. That's basically their entire class. Ren's is a dragon named Numathus Firemane. Uh, it's a red dra- It's a red dragon. Caritas and dragon fight a lot. Yeah, they don't exactly get on get on the best of terms, and hope and perhaps uh, Ithi or Ethi, I don't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, and Numathus will get along, or maybe they'll kill each other. Who's to say? Numathus can't permanently die unless Caritas dies. Caritas' personality is he's a bit bold. He puts himself out there, but and doesn't really take any crap from it. But he's also pretty nice and accepting of everyone. That's everyone's characters. If you may have noticed, we are playing a three-person party, so I've made some adjustments. I have trimmed down some encounters, and I've just removed some encounters that didn't really fit with the theme of the campaign anyway. We'll go over that later with a review sort of episode uh, sort of thing, which we don't have a title for yet, but it'll come out. You'll listen to it because I command it so. So something I did want to mention is somehow with a three-person party, we somehow ended up to be exactly 60% dragon, which is uh, mathematically really hard. Um, so our story begins, on, as I mentioned, on the 30th of Erastus, 4720 AR. Our three mighty heroes, Tessara, Koritas, and Aliara, uh, are newly inducted members of the Edgewatch, the police of a sort of the Precipice Quarter, the quarter in which the Radiant Festival, the biggest peacetime undertaking the city of Absalon has ever seen, is underway. Our three heroes are currently in the Edgewatch headquarters and are making their way towards the the office of Lieutenant Levarsis. Along the way, they get a few sympathetic nods from other officers, and one particular officer is doing desk work and salutes them as they go by. Is it because of the giant dragons? I would oh, the dragons, the dragons, your dragon is outside. They don't allow pets inside. Uh, oh, I don't want to work here then. What? Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. The officer that salutes you is a female human who looks up at you, gives you a crisp salute, and looks down. This is Corporal Curb Batest. Uh, she is a rather renowned, meticulous officer in the Edgewatch. And as you guys step into Lieutenant Lavoisis' office and stand at attention, the lieutenant rises from behind his desk, glaring out from beneath two brooding brows as he silently studies his new agents, the three of you. He is a large human man with uh, with curly blonde hair that is graying at the edges, with a broad belly, a gilded nightstick slung to his belt, and an unlit cigar clamped in his teeth. He is large. Sounds kind of hot. He is large, <laughs> both of God. Are we simping? We oh my God, <laughs> Lieutenant Lavoisis looks a little something like this for the players. The listeners at home won't be able to see him, but you three can. Oh, yeah. He's a very angry man. I lied. He does not look <laughs> Oh, my God. After, not hot. After a suitably... <laughs> after a suitably uncomfortably long moment, he shakes his head and mutters, Unbelievable. As he pulls out his well-chewed cigar from his ma- mouth and gestures disdainfully at, you, at the three of you. This year's Radiant Festival is the most ambitious peacetime undertaking the city's ever seen. The Edgewatch is responsible for the safety of thousands. I told the council I needed the best of the best, and instead they sent me you, 
A bunch of rookies so green you've practically got gills. Did you pin those badges on yourself, or did Sergeant Olo have to do it for you? I actually did it myself, thank you. You asked for the best of the best, and you did get the best of the best, so... He kind of, like, short... He kind of short circuits for a second. Did I ask for a response, recruit? Yes. No. I asked you a rhetorical question. You best keep your mouth shut while I'm talking. Or there will be disciplinary reaction. Wait, how do we breathe that? You don't breathe. You're a plant. But also... <laughs> I just stand outside. He comes. <laughs> I hate it here. Uh, Wait, doesn't that mean I could take a talk without opening my mouth? I don't think you have a mouth. <clears throat> anyway, back to the monologue. Rules back to the monologue. <laughs> he sighs and sits down, pinching the bridge of his nose between his forefinger and thumb. Abadar only knows what sin I committed to deserve you, but we work with what we're given. You will do as you're told, learn from the veterans, and maybe, just maybe, you'll come out of this proper guards. But if I catch you shirking work, tarnishing the reputation of this precinct, or disrespecting another one of my officers again, and you'll be bounced out of here so hard you'll land in the arbor. Are we clear? He doesn't wait for an answer, instead snatching up a scrap of paper from his desk and holding out to the three of you. Here's your first assignment. A bunch of dunghill wannabe adventurers are smashing up the tipsy Tengu. Clean it up. Book him or find him. Just don't kill him. He shovels through some more papers on his desk before looking at pointedly. Well, oh, did you want me to hold your hand on the way there? You're dismissed. Get going. Nothing. So I'm gonna ride on my dragon there. Okay, bye. <laughs> you hear an angry yell as you shut the door behind you, and hear like a light thud against the a door. Presumably, he picked up something and threw it. You see a darker-skinned dwarven man who looks a little something like this. Oh, he's hot. Why is everyone simp? Why is everyone simp? I'm kind of gonna simp for him. Why does everyone simp? Maybe a little. He gives you a sympathetic nod and a smile as you uh, hurry your way out out of the precinct. Because with all the bluster and bravado, I'd imagine considering that he is like actually has like a plus thirty eight or something ridiculous in intimidation that you are a little (laughs) bit frightened of him, of uh, the voices. Yes. I will end this podcast right now. Don't test me. It's not my fault. (laughs) I'm actually going to check his intimidation stat. Yeah, he has a plus 18 intimidation, which you cannot do anything against. You're, like, instantly frightened of him if he does anything to you. Mm -hmm. That mustache man or hot man? The the angry man. Wait, the angry man? So it's mustache man. Yes. Uh, The ugly Oompa Loompa. He can kill you in one hit. I just want you to be aware of that. I just want... I... If I die... I just want okay. Technically, I'm a technically he can't because he only does non-lethal damage, but he does one d six plus thirteen damage per hit. Yeah, you're you're gone. You you're just unconscious. Um, yeah. As you guys uh, head out, I imagine Tasara uh, picks up Ethi, her writing Drake, their writing Drake. My apologies. Uh, who is? I can pick up the writing. No, I mean pick up as in, like they were like outside the precinct. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were like just trying to. No, the, I was like no, yeah, you're right. No, your riding drink is like a good 800 minimum pounds. Minimum. Big riding drink. Um, <clears throat> they are a little bit of a baby, but we'll get into that later. The, the three of you would know, considering this is in the precipice quarter and you work here as officers of the law, that the Tipsy Tengu is a new-ish mid-tier tavern in the precipice quarter, built to cater to foreign officials and dignitaries during the daylight hours and opening its doors to more common folk in the evening. You guys get there without issue, uh, assuming you you actually go over there and don't say, I'm going to quit my job and probably get arrested. As you guys arrive at the tavern, 
The interior is a raucous mess of tipped-over chairs and spilled drinks. A motley group of drunken adventurers is a clear cause of the chaos, including a dwarf wearing a horned helmet, a sloppy elf in robes, an armored human worshipper of Caden Kalian, and a leather-clad halfling. Aha! There you are! A well-dressed man with an ornate cane and bold blue eyes leaps to his feet from where he is seated next to the door. The city's finest come to deliver us from churls and belligerents. He lowers his voice conspiratorially and leans in, adding, Honestly, I'd never allow their sort into my hotel, but poor Bellberry thought they'd add flavor, and, well, they certainly have. He sticks out his hand to shake. Uh, I'm going to say to Aliara, considering you're the only one that's his height, mm. Hendred Pratchett, proprietor of the Dreaming Palace. This is my associate, but also, he gestures with his cane and a bit of a flourish towards a hard-looking half-orc woman. A little bit of a smile on her face, but she still, like, looks tough. We thought we'd come down and yes, we thought we'd come down and enjoy a quiet night of dinner and drinks before the opening day festivities tomorrow. So much for rest and relaxation, though, eh? As he throws back his head for a uh, slight laugh, much too exaggerated for his joke, a cup smashes the man in the face as one of the adventurers, the dwarf, howls with laughter. He grimaces, clutching his his nose with one hand and procuring a handkerchief from his pocket with the other. Right then, well, let's be about it. Uh, before we like do anything, I'm gonna ask. Uh, I'm going to say one thing and ask one thing. Ithy is too big to fit. Well, Ithy is not too big to fit. Um, my apologies. But Ithy is going to stay outside unless you call her in, simply because she is huge and can barely fit into the doors. The question I have for Koritas is, do you have your Eidolon manifest? Yes. Okay, let me just lay a token layer with the power of roll 20. You guys come in. There are four adventurers... A halfling, an elf, a human, and a dwarf, all in various stages. Well, I wouldn't say various stages. They're all pretty drunk of drunkenness. They're all causing a commotion, and they turn their attention towards you three and say, What kind of what kind of bartender calls the, 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 the officers of the law to break up just a band of merry adventurers, huh? Get out of here, you guys. This one. You a bartender? Hold on, I thought Bellpay... Hold on, I need to gather a moment. The halfling steps in. I thought Bellberry was the uh, proprietor of this fine hero establishment. Uh, do you? He is. He? My dear, my dearest is plant it? lady. Uh, you might need to get your eyes checked a little bit. The Bellberry here is a. I'm sorry. What did you call me? <laughs> you're a little, 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 little leaf woman. Little leaf woman. You're a little leaf woman, right? Little leaf person. No. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the background, like, the dwarf is, like, has, has taken to picking up a chair and just smashing against the, like, the back of the, uh, human who's, like, laughing along with him, like, ha ha, yeah, let's just, oh god, the, yeah, yeah, just some fun, ha ha. They are all plastered. The elf is kind of, is kind of sitting, uh, at a table, just kind of, um, drinking, uh, lo- looking to the cups. The only one not really causing a ruckus. How would you guys like to handle the situation? Um, Okay. My character, mm-hmm. my character would probably want to like, um, they they would want to like try to deescalate the situation. And just be like, All right. Hey, can you like? I'm assuming everyone wants to deescalate then, because like officers of the law and whatnot. Yeah. You just come and yeah. yes. battle axe. I'm gonna kill everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> the peace is kept when there's the peace is kept when there was no one left alive. Yikes! Yeah, yikes! I want everyone to make me your choice of a diplomacy or an intimidation role. I'll do diplomacy. 
My character can't be that intimidating. It's being weak. Um, I'm also gonna do diplomacy, I think. Yeah. Uh, I have to remember how to you do You can just that. roll a d20 and I'll tell you modify it. Okay. So the issue is basically that there are four adventurers making too much ruckus in a bar. Yes. So um, we have Aliora... to de-escalate the situation. Yes. Uh, Aliora, okay. you are able to get one of them. Uh, let's say uh, Antaro, the human. You don't know his name. Calm down a little bit. Like, yeah, okay, I understand. I'm just getting drunk because mm. my god is the god of drunks. The other, uh, Tony mm. and Ren, you two aren't able to make headway. To- uh, sorry. Uh, to- Can I try to flirt with my? I have charisma. <laughs> Diplomacy is Absolutely. charisma based. Um, let's say, Tony, you flirt a little bit with Skebs, uh, the ha- the little halfling, and Skebs is like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you have a plan, how does that even work? <laughs> uh, Koitas, uh, you're talking to the dwarf, but the, but he just kind of throws back his head and chugs another tankard of beer and just shoves you off. You guys can try again if you would like. Uh, I will say, Koitas, if you would like to do intimidation, I will give you a plus two bonus because you have a dragon. I am going to try intimidation because now I am upset. Okay, uh, Alio and Tessa, I'm assuming. I'll roll again. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna try diplomacy again. Okay. Okay, so that actually worked really well. Uh, no actual yeah, combat this guys. time. So Koritas jumps out down a tankard, sets it, slams it down, reaches for another. You grab his wrist, and Numathus is behind you. Like, Ugh. he's like, okay, I decided I have enough drink for the night. I'm going home. How about you, everybody? <laughs> Yes. As he should. Aliara. See, my dragon couldn't do that because it's just a giant golden retriever. I mean, it's still it's still like 800 pounds. But it's baby. Aliara, you talk to the elf uh, drinking alone and just like, come on, buddy, let's just let's just get you out of here. And she kind of looks yeah, at you and says, man. let's just calm down. Let's, let's go She just kind of looks up at you and says, my familiar died. And you're like, oh. Uh-huh. Oh. And I'm you're sorry, like, honey. Yeah, exactly. You're able to like calm her down a little bit and lead everyone out of the cabin. Yeah. Tessara, you um, yeah. this time not flirting, you're able to get Skebs to realize, hey man, maybe you should go be drunk in your own home instead of breaking stuff. Yeah. You guys uh, are able to find them if you want for destruction of property and like assault and because they assaulted um, Hendred Pratchett. If you guys would like to, you um, can you can find them. I think we should. At least find them for the Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Not going for the full thing. You guys collect six gold off of them. Uh, it's six gold and six silver. The silver goes to the edge watch just for, like, overhead costs. You collect a report from everyone involved. It's kind of hard to get reports. a report from the dwarf and the elf. The dwarf is just, like, frozen in terror, just like, Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. And the elf is just sobbing a lot. Even with Aliara comforting her, she's just real sad. Does does she want to pet um, my baby dragon? Not exactly a baby. But it's baby. It's big baby. It is literally like double is... all of your guys' weight combined, including your Eidolon. Big baby, big baby. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you guys filed an incident report. Um... Getting Bellberry's thing, uh, Pratchett and his associate disappeared. But from the other patrons, the four adventurers and whatnot, basically you sufficiently documented a site where people can't say, "Wait a minute, you're evil." Here's what Bellberry looks like, by the way. She's a she's kind of like a wide-faced halfling woman with a bit of a gap between her two front teeth. She's pretty though. Yeah, I'd pretty, pretty lady. 
I appreciate ladies. Uh, after you guys get usher the three of them out of the bar, before you leave, Bellberry like grabs onto one of you guys' sleeves, let's say Tessara, uh, just for like same height, and says, Oh, um, thank you so much for uh, getting these adventures out. If you guys want to stay or return for drinks uh, anytime, free of charge, assuming, you know, you're not going for the super fancy stuff, but thank you so much. If you guys want a couple drinks, it's on the house. Oh, thank you, hon. Oh, yeah, sweetheart. I might, I might have to simp I for the hate party. you. <laughs> you can simp for Who was the one associate? Who was uh, she was a half woman. Uh, let me see if I have art of her. Mm. Oh, yeah, I also have... I'm going to do the same thing as the last campaign. Just have a simp. Yeah. Uh, oh, what? No, I claim. No. Oh, yeah, here's... <laughs> no. I she claim. has two hands. That's Hendred Pratchett, by the way. The uh, the elf that half the half elf that got his nose smashed in by a by a pewter cup. Mm. You look kind of ugly. I don't like it. Reminds me of Lord Farquaad. <laughs> <laughs> Not Lord Farquaad. Oh no. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, coming back in to the precinct because you were ordered to basically come in, deal with the problem, and come back out. Uh, Lieutenant Lavoisis gives you like a curt nod, like "Ooh, good for you. You prevented a bar fight." Whoop de doo. Uh, he's not very impressed. Does he want to see my dragon? Is that a threat? No, I'm just asking. My character doesn't fear baby dragon because it's baby. He kind of like gives a glance out through the window of his office, which then in turn also leads out to the window of the precinct where your dragon is just kind of like 800 pounds, spooking off all the horses. (laughs) Uh, You just see like a human with a long stick just kind of like poking at it and like Ethy doesn't bite at him. uh, Ethy just kind of like looks up and then the human just "Ah!" and runs. Uh, (laughs) The voice just goes... Uh, I'm gonna... I want to step in with EP. Have you considered getting a collar so people know that that's not gonna try to kill them? Just like a collar that... Alright, <laughs> I'll talk to you in the morning. Uh, he cuts you loose for the <laughs> night. Will you guys go to various uh, locations, or probably the free lodging provided by the Edgewatch, maybe down to the Tipsy Tanku, uh, knock a couple drinks back with Bellberry, laugh a little bit. I sleep on Ethy. Oh, you sleep in the street, and the other guards are like, do we arrest them for... You can't from... stop me. Do you want to try to get close to <laughs> Yeah, they're like, do we... I will be homeless they're if like, I so They're like, A, is homelessness a crime in this world? Probably not. B, do we want to mess with a dragon? Probably not. Not really. Uh, not. <laughs> they're like, oh, oh. Toss gets into a philosophical debate with his dragon. Yeah, I was say, I... Ethy can't talk, but Numathis can. Ethy can't talk, but can still communicate. Ethy does that like puppy dog thing, like well, like exactly. my. You guys have all met Ella, right? Yeah. Ethy yeah. does the thing Ella does, which is like I'm a baby, even though I'm the biggest dog in the oh, house. Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For those that don't know, I have several dogs. The biggest one is Ella May. She's my baby. She's a hundred pounds, but she's my baby. After resting for the night, you guys enter the precinct once more, ready to start your daily shift. Well, most dailies. You get, like, weekends off and whatnot. Although the fair has been gathering steam for months, with many exhibitors setting up early, such as Bellberry, she set up her tavern well before the actual parade, this is the first official day of the Radiant Festival, and the streets outside the headquarters are teeming with people. Inside the precinct, Sergeant Olo, that dwarf from before, uh, stands before the Edgewatch duty board, an oversized map at the precipice corner, tacked to a large plank of wood facing the headquarters main floor. He gestures to, uh, towards you three. Ah, my favorite people. 
I don't know why I'm saying that. You're not really my favorite people, but you are my subordinates. Uh, the dwarf. Thank you. I I still like oh, I still okay. like you guys, and I appreciate if you don't refer to me as her. I am your commanding officer. It's great to see you too. Since you guys are <laughs> relatively new to the Edgewatch, I'm going to assign you guys a circuitous route to take you through the various neighborhoods and beats. Despite the okay. early hour, he looks at the he looks outside where the tendrils of the sun are just beginning to creep over the buildings. There are already two issues conveniently positioned at opposite ends of the circuit. A heated confrontation between two rival shop owners, and uh, he looks down at a paper in his hand. Some sort of domestic dispute in a wizard's workshop. Start at either end, make your way through, I don't really care. Rule number one of Pathfinder is don't split the party. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I say we go to the. What was it? The domestic one. Yes. Okay. I say we go to that one first. Okay. Let's go. You guys just kind of trudge along, getting. I'm assuming uh, Tessara is on the back of uh, Ethi. Aliara just kind of walking, <laughs> and then perhaps Karitas is on the back of Numathis. So the Numathis is like, "This is, this is." Wait, wait. Can Amber's character ride on Ethan? Um, I'm gonna say yes. I was gonna say Aliara is just humanoid size, so they should be able to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, but like you guys get a wide berth with the of the thing. Uh, Numathus uh, is is Kortos riding Numathus? Yeah. Numathus is like this is this is degrading. <laughs> oh god! And you're just like, oh, it's okay, honey. He's like, I want to kill. Uh basically. Yeah, it's basically it's guys' like, relationship. He's doing that, like, patty thing that, like, pants yeah. do. Where it's just like, oh my god. But, like, with four legs instead of yeah. two. Because <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Anyway, you guys get a wide berth. Because people, like, kind of glance over and be like, those are three dragons, a plant, and a cat. <laughs> yeah. That's really weird. The cat looks kind of like, one small... Ch- of who? Of all the people? Of the, or the uh, of, dragons? Of being a pie. <laughs> the dragon you're riding. Just a little bit. But anyway... Like a small child just kind of like looks at uh, looks at you guys, starts crying, runs away. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys are rather intimi- rather intimidating bunch. Caritas oh. looks sad at small child. Uh, as oh, small child turns around. You see the child's parents flipping you guys off. Like, why do they let these monsters out in the middle of the day? Caritas is less sad. <laughs> <laughs> as you guys reach uh, a narrow wooden building painted with mystic runes. You can hear high-pitched shouts and this breaking of uh, the sound of breaking glass emerging from within. A woman in a floppy, wide-brimmed hat stands outside the door, arms crossed and tapping her foot impatiently. She looks up to the sky in exasperation and snaps. Finally, it took you long enough. Uh, she explains the situation. There is a young boy. Uh, let me just show you the art. And by young boy, I mean young boy. Aww. Uh, there is a young boy demanding the whereabouts of his master. The... Evoker that you were speaking to currently is Marin Pofuri. The young boy says, My name is Unis, and I won't leave until you tell me what you did with my master. Uh, Marin says, I told you the last time. I barely remember Kamenelis. Oh my god. Were you three, four, five? Will you five get this young child out of my shop, please? That sort of thing is your job, isn't it? I get out the EP and crouch in front of small child. The small child, oh, sorry, uh, I should clarify, the door is locked and uh, slightly barricaded. Uh, you can't, like, jiggle the door. I go up to the door. 
Uh, what do you do? What seems to be the issue, small child? This, this witch, this vile practitioner, vile magic. I don't know what, what she did, but when me and my master, Kamenelis, entered the Absalon, he went missing, and I don't know what she did, but I know she's responsible. He was always telling me that she, Marin, was evil beyond compare. She's a villain. I know it in my heart, and I'm hitting her where it hurts. Okay. Money? I turn. I turn. Yes. What is Do you she honestly... talking about? I, I've said it a million times to the boy. Know? I have no idea who he is talking about. Okay. You can make a sense motive if you would like. Uh, basically, just make a perception check. Eratos gets off of dragon. Who's right. the okay for now? Get off of dragon. Also, how boss, Yeah. Ethi is just kind of like, huh? You see, like the you see, um, yeah. Uh, you accept your modifier is plus seven to saw if you just want to roll a d20. Okay, I'll just do that because I can't find it right now. A 19. Yeah, she seems to be telling the truth. Oh, wait, that's a secret check. Never mind, I'm supposed to roll that. But what we got this, we'll do more about that in the future. I forgot that's a secret check, which is basically I roll it in secret so that way you guys can't say, well, I rolled a one, I think she's telling the truth. So, you know what I mean. As you guys, like, as, like, the rest, the, two, the other two of you approach the door, you kind of, like, see him peeking out his head from a window, and you'll ah! seeing the two dragons. Seeing <laughs> Meanwhile, Ethie is just, like, laying on her back like a pigeon, like a cat, like, meow. I turn back to the door. S- small child, why don't we help you look for the person? Yeah. I, how can I, tr- how can I trust you? How can I, how can I, how do I know you're not working with her? Huh? Where are the police? Not really. Why not? <laughs> uh-huh. Why would I? The, that, that thing could eat me in one bite. Eat me whatever. How do I know? I'm not leaving until you show, until you get my master back. Would you mind telling us who your master is? I'm surprised that you haven't heard of him. A renowned practitioner of the arcane arts. His name is Kamenelis, a master of illusion magic. He wouldn't have left me like this. I'm his apprentice. What does he look like? I don't have that picture up right now. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time you saw him? (laughs) I saw him about a a week, week and a half ago. Uh, but then he disappeared, and I don't know where he went, and I know this vile, this vile witch, this vile villain took him. And why do you think she did that? He was always talking about his rival there at the Arcanium here in, in, in Absalom, and she, oh, I know that she's evil. Uh, Marin, for her part, just kind of looks exasperated, like, well, are you going to get him out or not? Uh, Listen, uh, child. Small child. <laughs> you... We'll help you find your master, but you can't you can't keep doing this. This is not solving any of your problems. Uh I'm gonna say Tessara make uh hmm. Could Tessara make a diplomacy check? Oh wait, Caritas and Aliara as well. I bet diplomacy. <laughs> well, uh Oh oops. It, it doesn't uh Tessara is the main was the main one speaking. The other two were rolling aid checks. None of you got to the threshold that you needed to get to. He just sits down and says, no, I'm not going. Would you like to be eaten by a dragon? Okay, let's Roll intimidation that. check. Yeah. Roll intimidation. Uh, um, you can feel the quaver in his oh my- in his voice when he responds, but he's- You you wouldn't dare. Break in and I'll- Break in and I'll start- You're right, I will. And I'll start wrecking this shop. Okay, let's not okay. do that. 
Um, if you leave, we promise to help you find your master. How, but actually help you. How do, do I? How do I know? You already. Mechanically, you already failed your, your diplomacy check, so We're... you won't be able to like get his trust that way. Um. Sarah, what, what's another way we could get you to trust us? That we could show. Are you any of you? Are, I'll buy you some food. Are any of you magicians? Show me. Show me some knowledge of the arcane arts. I have knowledge of the arcane arts. How do I show? Make a knowledge arcana check, uh, Caritas. Oh yeah, sorry. Knowledge arcana was something in first edition. My apologies. I'll let that slide. I'll let that one pass. Mm. You promise? Yes. Do you not see that I have a mystical dragon? I also have dragon. Yeah, but your dragon <laughs> is like made of thought stuff. It's yeah. bigger and therefore it's better in the eyes of a child. Uh, oh, yeah. it's a baby. You hear like a scraping, presumably a chair that he had propped underneath the uh the doorknob, and an opening of the door, and he peers out. You really promise to help me find him? Listen, I really I'm promise. Really Don't listen to the dragon. Marion says, "Finally," opens the door, shoves past the child, and says, "Thank you for doing your job." No problem. Anyway. No problem. Now, if you could leave and I could start selling my wares, this would be much appreciated. You've gathered a bit of a small crowd. There already was a crowd there. Dispersed a little bit at the sight of two dragons, and then came back a little bit when they saw the dragons went torching the place. I'm assuming you guys send Eunice, that's his name, E-U-N-I-S-E, and I see E. Do you guys want to send him along to Bellberry, or do you want to send him along to the precinct? I say the precinct. Bellberry. Oh, Al- Aliar, you are the deciding vote. Oh. Bellberry is the halfling um... that you helped last night. Oh, yeah, let's send him the... Yeah, uh, Bellberry. Yeah, she's nice. And then we'll come back later and finish our jobs. So what do you, yeah. say, so what do you say to Eunice? Well, does one of us want to stay with it? Don't split the party. Well, why doesn't um, he just come with us? Because we're about to go yeah, somewhere dangerous. Say, it could be a, a dangerous situation. I do want to mention he is, like, eight years old. No, he's, like, 12. Yeah. He's, like, 12, mm-hmm. but, like, still. That's still pretty young. Yeah. So, yeah, we probably should send him. Probably like telling him something along the lines of like, "Hey, just tell Bellberry that we sent you. We'll come back in the, in the afternoon." She's a very nice job. lady, and she owes us drinks, and which obviously means child support. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should we ask? Should we ask uh, Eunice where he, like, his master lives before we I mean, leave? Probably. So we have somewhere to start looking, besides like his shop and stuff. Well, I figured that we were going to finish the one dispute and then we were going to go back, get him, and then start looking. That sounds like a more solid plan, considering you are on the job right now. Uh, So, continuing the circuit, sending Eunice along his way to the Tipsy Tengu with probably strict orders not to drink anything. Not that Bellberry was probably going to give him any alcohol, considering he's like 12. Uh, Come back, he's just like, my life is so hard. Just hammered. (laughs) Uh, Going along the route, uh, you see crowds of people... Everything seems relatively peaceful until you pass by a crowd of fairgoers watching in awe as, just beyond a, a line of guard ropes, a stone castle complete with battlements and domed towers marches along a wide elliptical stone track. Dozens of thick mechanical legs support its bulk and nobles in fine dresses and coats wave from the atop its walls. You guys would know this is the walking castle of Kellish, which is one of the, um, the attractions. The Kalishites are renowned engineers, and they decided to build a castle and put legs on it this year and say, 
Hey, what's up? Speaking nice. of, I say this year, I don't think I actually mentioned this, the Radiant Festival, uh, for my players and those that don't know, ha- happens once every hundred years. Last time it ha- was supposed to happen, though, it got cancelled due to various financial and political things, so this year is supposed to be especially exciting to make up for it. Most <laughs> people don't get to live to see through one, unless they're an Alpha Dwarf, in which case they see next one. <laughs> but suddenly, a commotion erupts from the crowd. A woman races out holding a dagger in a belt pouch, looking wild-eyed, and behind her, a red-faced man points and yells, Thief! Everybody roll a perception check for an okay. issue. When, hold on, when I do it, I want to do, like, where I, like, pop off and, like, just kind of grab onto her arm. Like, I don't do it, like, viciously or anything. She's not cute okay. yet. She's making her way through the crowd. Oh, okay. Am I blind? God you have a, You have a plus seven <laughs> perception. I, I found it. Alright, uh, from the top, let's say, Ren, what did you, what did you get? 23. Kari Toss with a 23. Voice crack. Uh, Aliara. 14. Significantly less. Okay. That, uh, let's go, let's go with the first one, because you rolled twice. It's the same modifier both times. Alright, so, the way that this is going to work is you each are going to roll your choice in an athletics or acrobatics check to try to cut her off. And if you succeed, then the actual combat will begin. If you fail too many, she's going to have to escape. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Tassara, your choice of an acrobatics or athletic check. You could have Ethi do it. I kind of want Ethi to do it. Uh, Ethi has a as an athletics of plus five. Oh. Uh, do you have do you have an acrobatics or athletics higher than that? Nope, I do not. <laughs> you have a negative. You have a negative two to both of those. So, uh, Ethi is going to. I'm assuming with you still on her back because you haven't really had time to dismount, is going to actually succeed first time, jumping in between uh, the path to freedom and the bandit and burying her fangs. There is not going to be a map for this encounter. This is more of a, uh, a freestyle one. I'm going to say that was one action. You commanded, uh, you used commanding animal to get it to move. You have two actions remaining. You can cast some spells, which I sent to you in Discord, yeah, the spells that you currently have prepared. Uh, I would just recommend your choice of Ray of Frost or Electric Arc. That's what I was thinking. I think I'll do Ray of Frost. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, let me just pull that up. Oh wait, I forgot about the music. Sirenscape for all your music needs. There we go. Anyway, uh, go ahead and make a spell attack roll, which is basically just going to be a d20 plus 7. So... Uh, what'd you get? got 8, and then plus 7. Uh, is checking a this creature's... Checking this creature's armor class. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me get to... Ah, here it is. Armor class. Uh, 15, you said? Yeah. That's a miss. You you, st- uh, you throw out a ray of frost to no effect. Just streaking right past the, um, the bandit and eliciting a, a, a wild... Well, not a wild, but a mild murmur from the crowd. Like, are they really just duking it out right here? Yes. Uh, <laughs> next up is going to be... You know what? Koritas is supposed to go first, but I messed up, messed up the initiative. Uh, Koritas, it's your turn. Hello. What do I roll? Uh, what is- how do I find my dragon Character things? sheet? I have the yeah. character sheet. For the dragon. Okay, well, it's so also I have an ac- Sorry, go ahead. I have Sorry, acrobatics of five. What does he have? Oh, so you- you are- she's already been cut off. Uh, she's about- 30 feet away from you guys because uh, E.T. had to like muscle her way through the crowd to cut her off. You could use Axe together to give both you and your Eidolon a, um, 
an action, which uh, Pneumathus would spend rushing to forward. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what are you going to do with your action? You could use it as um, you could use it as part of an action to cast uh, any spell that you have, such as Boost Eidolon, um, Acid Splash, Fear, Shattering Gem. Um, what does Daze do? Daze, uh, you basically make a, a, a will saving throw and take uh, damage based on its save, and if it critically fails, it will also be stunned one, which means it will take, uh, which means it will have one less action on its next turn. Okay. I'm going to daze while Dragon takes us behind her, if that's okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Because of some weird hiccups in the rules, um, your dragon, you can't actually be riding your dragon until, like, a higher level. Unless you want okay. to have one less action. No, I don't have to ride. Okay, so... Dragon's uh, behind her and I'm over there. We'll save, well, that's a natural one, uh, which is automatically a critical failure, assuming that that would have been a critical failure regardless. Numathus rushes forward while you send a bolt of um, energy into the bandit's mind, and she kind of like freezes up, slows down just a little bit. Uh, you still have one action remaining. Either you or your dragon can take it. What can dragon do? Uh, mainly bite. All damage is not lethal unless stunned otherwise. Numathus is like, let me, uh, let me bite. Uh. Fine, you can bite. Yeah, he's a very, he is a very violent man. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, a, a 10 will fail. So, moving on to the next turn, that will be Aliara. Yeah. He's like, oh, I want to bite. Oh, I missed. Oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> so, nobody's been able to stop it? Stop the thief? Actually, the thief has taken a fair amount of damage just from Ren's spell. Okay. Um. So, do I do my athletics check first? Uh, as I mentioned, it's already cut off. You would have to get through oh. the... Um, you have three actions, you can... Uh, she has a knife out, so you would be fine on pulling out your own weapon, if you so choose. Uh, you could just go fisticuffs, you can use your thing called Inspire Courage, which gives um... everyone like a plus one to like a lot of stuff. You can command her to halt, uh, just a lot of stuff that you got. Oh, I forgot about command, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do that, we'll do command. Alright. It's, uh, she is going to make another will saving throw. Uh, a 10 is a failure. What command do you choose? Uh, Approach, yeah, run away, release, drop, or stand? Uh, stand. Alrighty. Uh, you still have one action remaining. You can raise your shield, you can draw your weapon. No, sorry. You can cast the shield cantrip, you can draw your weapon, you can use Inspire Courage, which gives everyone a plus one to a lot of things. Uh, yeah, we'll do Inspire Courage. It's fine. Alrighty. That means that every, uh, that means you and your allies each get a plus one stat status bonus to attack rolls, damage rolls, and saves against fear effects. Okay. Uh, that's your first turn. The bandit, uh, her name is uh, Larry Gold Rel. Uh, she spends her first action uh, just kind of like shaking off the effects of Ren's spell, just, uh, and then stands in place and has one action left. What she's going to do, let's see, she has her um, dagger out. She's going to slash out at Ethi because that's the one that's blocking so her way. chosen death. Yes. Uh, that's a 24 to hit. Let me check your armor class. That's That might be a critical hit. Bruh. E Ethi's armor class is 14, so that's a critical hit. Bruh. That's going to be, one, that's going to be 2d4 plus... Is that right? If she kills my f***ing dragon, no, I kill her. Please. Bruh, she, if okay, she kills Ethi. Alright. So that's going to be with a resounding 3 3 
That's going to be exactly 16 points of damage. Your dragon is unconscious. I'm gonna In one hit, your dragon leaped in front Bruh. of her, and she went, ah! and just wait, stabbed wait, wait. immediately. Tony's, Tony's 800-pound dragon is unconscious from a freaking dagger? Huh? Listen, listen, listen. It was right between the scales. It was right between the scales and through an artery. Just... I'm gonna kill this woman. She hurt fucking Ethy. That bitch. Ethy is not know. dead. I will I say, Ethy is not dead. Uh, next up you, is Caritas. You have aimed her. She could still move. Tessara, very much. She had one action left, and she used it with a critical hit. Just she used it and almost fucking killed my dragon. <laughs> a lot of a lot of cursing like, there. That's just gonna be dead. either beeps or just a swing. Caritas, <laughs> um, it's your turn. Dragon bite. Gotcha, gotcha. I believe Numathis has a plus six to bite. Uh, yes, he does. You can see. You should be able to see the character sheet. Uh, that is a miss. Um, nine plus six. Uh, Wait, I thought okay. I went before Ren. Uh, it was the other way around. Uh, I missed. Oh, I mixed okay. up. So I just, I just um did it there. He bites against. Uh, uh, blood. I'm gonna assume, for the sake of brevity, uh, for this not for brevity, for the sake of just my conscience, that you use act together, which means that you also have an action that you can take. Yeah, I do fear. Gotcha, gotcha. They are going to make another uh, will save. A lot of will saves in this party. That's a natural two for an eight. So fun fact about how critical failures and successes work in this game: if you beat the DC by ten or more, or fail by ten or more. You um you get a critical either failure or success as applicable. This time she got an eight, which is one shy, which means that she is frightened too, which means she takes a minus two to a lot of things. Uh, you take a status penalty equal to this value to all your checks and DCs, which is all attack rolls, armor class, skill checks, etc. You have one action remaining. Uh, can I boost at Eidolon? Yes. Uh, in the future, I recommend doing so before. Before bite. Yes. Uh, that's Karitas' turn. Next is Tessara. Before we do anything, we are going to go into the death and dying rules. King dies, Rose. It is murder on sight. I'm just going to roll a d20, up and down. Uh, uh, your dragon is getting get an 11 or better. That's a 19. Your dragon is now unconscious at zero hit points. They are stable. King died, she would have died. <laughs> oh, and also, she is also wounded one, which means if she gets on, if she gets the dying condition again, it will increase by one. So she'll be dying two. At dying four, you die. Oof. Can I heal my dragon? Yes, you can. You have a focus spell for that. Uh, I want to do that. It's called heal animal, and technically, this is for our listeners at home. Technically, Tessara cannot use um, heal animal on Ethi, but I thought that was stupid. I better be able to heal my dragon. Or would, you else. Like, would you like to heal your dragon uh, with one or two actions? With two actions, you'll uh, restore 1d8 plus 8. Oh, I'm assuming you're on top of your dragon, by the way. Yeah, I am. Uh, I would I recommend two actions. Yeah, I'm gonna do two actions. Alright, go ahead and just roll a, d a d8. 12 points of healing. So your dragon just kind of briefly falls unconscious, starts to fall to the floor, but with a shout, you rest your hand on her, the back of her neck and. Sh and Vibrant green energy flows from you into her, and she snaps awake. The wound on her neck, already mostly closed up, just 
She's a little freaked out, but she's alive. Uh, can I pet her? I'm petting her. You can pet her as a free action. Uh, you still pet as a free action. Uh, you can command her as your as your as your next action, giving her two actions. I don't want to command her to do anything. She's hurt. Oh, that's really sweet. Uh, unfortunately, you have nothing else. Ah, right, let me check. Care. Guidance. Uh, you could give uh one creature of your choice within 30 feet divine guidance, giving them a plus one status bonus to one attack roll, saving throw, perception check, or skill check the target has before the duration ends. The target chooses which roll to use uh, the bonus on before rolling, and the target yada yada yada. Basically, you can give one creature of your choice plus one to anything of your choice. Uh, sure, I'll do that. On? Uh, Amber's character. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, after that, where's my pen? There's my pen. This feels so much better with music. I honestly don't know how I survived without music. <laughs> uh, next up is going to be Aliara. You have a plus one bonus okay. to your choice of one perception check, a skill check, saving throw, or attack roll. Okay, so uh, the the bandit or the thief is still uh, stuck in place. Yeah, they're still standing. They are still no? standing. They didn't get a chance to move anywhere. Where's okay? You? There's um, so many character sheets I have open right now. I have all of you and the bandit. Um. Okay, so would I be able to put a shield up and move at the same time? Uh, yes, yeah. you would still have one action remaining, and you would be within range to attack. Uh, to, I'm assuming you didn't. We weren't walking around town with your battle axe with your great extra on, so I'm <laughs> assuming that's yeah. on your back. But you would be within range yeah, yeah, to like punch her or something. Okay. Um, as hard as you can, I swear. Yeah. So I'm gonna uh, do shield. Um, All right. To put like a shield up for protection against the dagger, if that makes sense. Yeah. With a single arcane word. Uh, a shield of barely visible translucent blue energy appears before Aliara. Okay, and then I'm gonna try to, uh, um, like, tackle her? Or, like, okay. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Grab. Um, apprehend her? Yeah, that, that'd be an athletic check? Disarm her. Dis okay, do you want yeah. this? Okay, you have several things that you just said that are all different things. Okay. Okay, so you can uh, attempt to grab, uh, grapple her, shove her, Trip her or disarm her? Um, actually, yeah, we'll do disarm okay. because she's still standing, so we'll just have to take the uh, knife away. Yeah. So, athletics? Yes. Alright. Uh, let's see. Disarm is attempted re athletics check against the opponent's reflex DC. I'm assuming you're using your guidance here, so it's that plus one. 24! She's a bandit, so I'm assuming she has a high re reflex. Yeah, so that's not a crit, but. You do manage to weaken her grasp on the knife until the start of that creature's turn. So uh, at the beginning of her turn, it goes away. The attempts to disarm the opponent of that item gain a plus two bonus, and the target gains a plus two, mi a minus two bonus to uh, attacks with the item or other checks requiring from grasping the item. Basically, because uh, he didn't crit, like nothing really happened. Uh, okay. Sorry. Um, it's alright. I should have just tried to apprehend her. Alright, it's her turn. Uh, wait a minute. Minus two. No, okay, that's still not a crit. She had a minus two to everything because of um being frightened. I believe mm. frightened goes down at the end of your turn. Let me just look that up. Yeah, frightened goes down at the end of your turn. Uh, so she is still frightened too, but she's still going at it. Um, so what's going to happen is uh this bandit is going to try to shove through the crowd again. Um. Actually, you know what? No, she's just going to try to drop the dragon again. Uh, a natural one will not hit. Good. 
Hmm. I'm like, not I'm the thinking. dragon again. <laughs> She's gonna lash out at um Aliara next. It's not gonna hit. She yeah, a 15 won't hit you. She is going to... She's going to make a run for it. She's only able to get uh, about uh, 15 feet away, though, because of uh, the crowd is kind of like... Well, they are surging against uh, against each other, trying to get out of the way. Like, oh, God, they're fighting. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, Aridin. Because Jesus doesn't exist here. Your God is dead. Aridin? Er yeah, that's that's a God. He's dead, actually, but... Aridin er Empora? Moving on. Uh... Yeah, she's just gonna move. Uh, next up is Caritas or Caritas. Okay, so last time I boosted Endalon. Does that Eidolon, Does that go uh, over or no? It lasts for one round, so the uh, duration is uh, so duration one round means that it ends at the beginning of your next turn. So it is over. So I'm going to do the thing together. Act together, uh, boost Eidolon, and then invite. Yes. Alrighty, that's going to be uh, nine plus six is uh, fifteen. Fifteen, sorry. Uh, that's going to miss because while she is frightened, she's still very nimble. And oh, sorry, I'm assuming you used your hit, you you told him to move forward towards her, and then use another action to bite because she is fifteen feet away. Yes. Okay, you have one action remaining. Can I acid splash? No. Oh. Can I daze again? You could... No, those both cost two actions. You could have him use his claw attack, which would be at a plus two instead of a plus one for the bite. You could try to intimidate uh, her. You could try to intimidate her. You could uh, try to have him trip her, uh, though it wouldn't be as good at right now as it would have been if you did before the bite. I will try to intimidate her. Make an intimidation check. Fifteen. That might actually do it. Uh, demoralize. That causes her to become frightened one. Yeah, she's she's still, she's like spooked. She's like, oh, oh dragons, oh, lordy. Oh, Calistria. Oh, Ogathoa. I'm just gonna spout e chaotic and evil gods until like one of them saves me. Oh, lordy. Uh, next up is going to be Tessara. Can I do the electric thing at her? Yes, electric arc. She's going to make a reflex saving throw. Uh, she got a natural 20, plus nine. No, plus eight, my apologies. That's going to be a 28, which I'm assuming beats your DC of 17. I hate that one. I plan on hopping down and just trying to talk to her and like, what's wrong, what happened? Well, you didn't do that. You just like let your dragon bite. You let your dragon bite. You didn't do that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. My apologies. Still, um, you have one action remaining. You could command Ethi to go up to her and bite. Or, or go up to her and like. No, Ethi's staying open. Claw. Oh, that's I don't sweet. I want Ethi in danger. This is this is the wolves all over yeah. again. Yeah. Those I don't remember. <laughs> wolves kill in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you still have one action remaining. I'm gonna race. Alrighty. Uh, next up is going to be Aliara. Okay, so where where's the bandit now? Uh, she's uh Wait. at the outskirts of a crowd of people. She could try. She's she's trying to push through right now. Uh, there's I don't think there's anyone okay. next to her right now. No, there's not. Okay, would I be able to do mage hand? To do what? And try to grab her. No, mage hand. To try to grab mage her. Mage hand cannot. No. I don't think mage hand. I'm just gonna rule no while I look into it, but I don't okay. think mage hand can do okay. that. 
Um. You could move up to her, try to grab her. Um. Yeah. Uh. Because at this point, I don't see things de-escalating, especially if she's really afraid. Um. Yeah, Mage Hand only works on one unintended object of light bulk or less. She is not light bulk. Oh, okay. She is significantly yeah. more. Um. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Then yeah, I'm gonna move towards her and try to like. Her, Would you I like guess. to use Inspire Courage beforehand to give yourself basically a plus one bonus? Oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. So Inspire Courage... Uh, give yourself a plus one to attack rolls, damage rolls, and uh, take those against fear effects, I believe. Yes. Okay. And then you move and, and then, then grab. Do... Assuming that's what you yeah, want to do, I'm do sorry. Want me to do... Yeah, that is. Um, do you want me to do an athletics check? Yes, ma'am. That is a natural one. Let's see. Uh, you said grab? Speak up. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah, I did say grab. A critical failure means if you already okay. have the opponent grabbed or restrained, it breaks free. Um, uh, which is, you didn't. I tried, boys. The target can either grab <laughs> you as if it exceeded on the grapple action against you or, or force you to fall and land prone. She's going to... <sighs> so you, like, say, Hololo, whatever bardic noise you make. Rush after her, make a grab, and she kind of like looks at you, bats your hand away, and like gives you like a swift chop to the back of the neck, and you just like fall. Whoa. Like, hell, what? Whoa. Like, ah! Um. Yeah, uh, so you are prone. Uh, we'll get into that yeah. on her turn. Oh, would you look at that? It's her turn. Uh, conditions prone. Let me just make sure I have everything correct, because I don't want to kill you unfairly. Yeah, uh, like on the you ground. You fucking kill my dragon. That was a that was a crit. Um, <laughs> alrighty, she is going to attempt. I don't know why I closed all the character sheets. Let me pull up Bandit again. She is going to attempt a, while she has you down, just another attack against you. Uh, that is a twenty-three. Your armor class is currently two less, so it should be a sixteen, I believe. If your armor class is normally eighteen. For me. Yes. Yeah. What is your normal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. she she is going to make a so she's going to do one d four plus five damage. That's going to be nine damage to you, bringing you down to seven, I believe. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's uh, really great. <laughs> the next couple. Of <laughs> She's gonna. <laughs> she's gonna spend her. <laughs> Wait, does she have sneak attack? No, she doesn't have sneak Wait, attack. Good. You said seven health now. Yes. No, you should be at nine. If she. No, you should oh, be at nine? seven. I'm sorry. You should be at seven because okay. she did nine points of damage. She's okay. going to spend her next two actions to shove through the crowd. Uh, she is now, uh, let's say twenty-five feet away. Back to the top of the turn. I'm gonna need everyone to make me an athletics or an acrobatics check again. Okay. Starting with Koritas. Do you want Numathis to make this instead of you, Koritas? Yes. I guess but not, because you already rolled. <laughs> I uh, hate myself. Well, you get a natural one, which means you try to, like, tumble into position, and in reality, you only, like, move two feet, and, like, yeah! Parkour! Um, Tessara, uh, Ify or yourself can make an athletics or acrobatic check. I'm gonna have, um, Ify do it, because Ify has better thingy. I believe Ify has a plus five ac uh, athletics. Yeah. She has a plus five. Uh, that's a natural 20. So I'm going to give her a free uh, a free claw attack. A free tail attack against this, against her. Uh, which is going to hit and deal 1d6 plus 3? 1d6 plus 2 damage. 
Uh, that's going to be four points of damage to the bandit as Ethy lumps, lumps in front of her, swings her tail, and smacks her right across the face. Good. <clears throat> uh, next up uh, is going to be Aliara. You are prone. You can spend yeah. an action standing up and then, like... Yeah. Uh, it's an action to stand up, uh, unless you don't want to stand up and take a minus four penalty to attack rolls. Normally minus yeah, two. I'll stand I would, up. It's normally minus two, but mm. usually... So standing up, you have two actions remaining. Something that you could do is you could uh, command her to freeze again if you want to use your last spell. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could. Uh, you can use uh, shield and uh, inspire courage. You can use one of those two and move forward, uh, getting closer to her. Your choice. Um, this is really good music. It is pretty good music, yeah. Um, I would know. We're gonna do in mm, yeah. Yeah, we'll do Inspire Courage, and then uh, I'll just, like, move towards her, I guess. Uh, you have a normal movement speed of 25 feet? Yeah, 25 feet. Uh, so I'm gonna say you can move oh. 15 feet towards her, so you're 10 feet away, uh, because yeah. of the crowd. Yeah. Because you're shoving yeah, yeah, two people. Fine. The crowd will disperse if you guys, like, start fighting again, but, like, right now it's difficult terrain. Yeah. Oh, slightly less than difficult terrain, but whatever. Uh, next up is her. Uh, she is going, it just looks uh, around. She's no longer frightened in the slightest. Well, she's still probably a little bit scared because she has bites and bruises. She's going to drop the dagger, pull out a hatchet. So that's an, that's an action to pull out the hatchet. And swing at um, Tessara. Uh, a 16. Does that hit you? I don't know. It is not. Your AC is 17. Okay. Uh, frustrated, she's gonna swing at you again. Uh, let's see. 12 plus 5 is 17 exactly. So that's gonna be 1d6 plus 5 slashing damage. You take 8 points of slashing damage as she kind of like shaves off part of your bush <laughs> in a non-sexual <laughs> manner. God, I, was I didn't. I. That sounded really bad. You take 8 points of damage. Uh, hit points are to the right of the character sheet. Is Uchi out? Uh, next up is going to be Koritas. Um, I am going to act together. Alrighty. Uh, what is uh, Numathus going to do? Numathus? You can do it in either order. Numathus is going to run to the lady with the hatchet cause he's because he's dumb. Yeah, because Numathus has... Hold on a minute. It says Numathus's speed is 25. Oh, it's Ethy that has a speed of 45 feet. My apologies. It's going to take Numathus two actions to get up to her. Okay. Uh, what would you like to do with your part of Inspire uh, Act Together? Um, I boost. Boost? Okay. Uh, uh, Claw Bite. Bite does more damage, but Claw is like less I'm trying to eat you, you know? Claw because doesn't he already didn't he already use two actions? Yes, but um, you, I, both of them are one action, and um, because you haven't attacked yet, uh, both are both out of plus six right now. Uh, then bite. Uh, nineteen will actually hit. I think this is like the second time you've hit. Where the uh, new officer's hit. That's gonna be one d eight plus three piercing damage. That's eleven points of piercing damage. I rolled. As some might say, boxcars, uh, which means I rolled maximum. Uh, that puts her down very low. 
the mouth is like just bites at her. There's not a crunch, but there is like a an unpleasant noise as his fangs pierce through her flesh, and she's like, oh, ah, oh, oh, I gotta. That's what you can get. I use a free action for Karatoff not to bite so hard. Uh, yeah, and he goes, ah, yeah, ah, you're weak, child, you're weak. Mm. Uh, next up okay, is I going to be Tessara. Uh, next up is Tessara. I'm gonna shoot her again. With. Uh, let's do ice ray. Okay, I was confused when you said shoot. I was like, do you have a bow now? I don't remember that. <laughs> All right. I just have a gun. <laughs> uh, make an attack roll. <laughs> just pull out a Glock. <laughs> I cast Glock. Uh, what? What'd you roll? Oh wait, my apologies. I forgot about Boo Cidalon. Um, the bandit. As soon as Numathus bites her, says, I, 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 oh, it's over. I surrender. Sorry, please. Just let me go. I'm sorry. Let her go. And we're going to. Well, you don't have to let it go. Because, like, you know, she did steal. No, I'm junk. telling the dragon to let her go. He, like, uh, he like, looks at you like a dog that has, like, a treat that he's not supposed to have. Like, mm. Uh, Rin's character to the dragon. What's in your mouth? Him starts biting harder. Hey, jump in! <laughs> Meanwhile, she's like, oh, God! Oh. I know, I kind of um, feel bad. I don't. She almost killed my dragon. Yeah, she did one-shot the yeah. dragon. It was a crit, but, um, so apprehending her, uh, I'm assuming, uh, I'm assuming you guys pull, uh, manacles or something, uh, escort her back to the station. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. No, wait, Han. You put cuffs on her and another group that's not on a route... Is specifically to collect people that are, um... You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, they're like the cleanup yeah. kind of thing. Uh, in addition to the belt pouch that she stole containing five gold pieces, which you are obligated to return, this lady, known as, uh, her name is Larry Gold Rel, uh, has 22 gold pieces worth of stolen coins in several different pou uh, purses and pouches. There's no clear way to determine who the gold belongs to, so you guys can, if you would like to, requisition the money, or you can turn it into the Edgewash. Um, yeah, turn, turn it in. in. You guys also get her weapons. You can give to the precincts, which they will give you a bit back, if that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Um, could, yeah. even if it's not, like, all of our characters, could my character make sure she's, like, stable and, like, okay before she heads out, before they take her? Well, she's... Oh, yeah, she's not, like, yeah. She's not bleeding okay. out. She, her, her text says that if she was reduced to five of less hit points, she surrenders. Okay. And she was reduced to exactly five because of boost uh, idol. All right, all right, cool. Uh, anyway, with you three um, apprehending, well, you five counting your deputies, apprehending the the, uh, the mugger and sending her off to a cleanup crew, uh, returning the money to someone who was robbed in broad daylight, the camera, as, as it was, would fade up and out of Absalon, showing the bustling city in the middle of the festival. And thus concludes. Yes. <laughs> and thus concludes our first episode.
Thank you for listening to the Phantasmal Treasure Podcast, a bi-weekly actual play of the Agents of Edgewatch Adventure Path. Leave a review on your podcasting platform of choice, send us emails at phantasmaltreasure at gmail.com, or reach out to us via Facebook. I will see you again in two weeks.